from PRI, Public Radio International. We are hearing sounds we recently collected and recorded in Nigeria, the media powerhouse of West Africa in 2017. My friends, <laughs> you're going to be hearing a lot from Nigeria on our program this year. We are currently working on a five-part hip-deep series on Niger. I have here with me, members of the Afropop family, Sean Barlow, Banning Air and Morgan Greenstreet, who are also the producers of the series. So now you may ask, why Nigeria? Why Nigeria, George? Well, for me, King Sunny Ade, the king of juju music, blew my mind and opened the way back in the day and really inspired Afropop at its birth. Well, we've been to Nigeria, we've covered Nigeria since the beginning of Afropop, but we've never really spent time there and traveled and given it the full hip deep treatment. And well, this really seemed like the time to do it. Wouldn't you agree, Morgan? Absolutely. I mean, right now is a major moment in Nigerian music history. Nigerian popular music has gained a major force on the continent, really worldwide. You go to an African party in New York right now, you're going to hear the latest hits from Lagos. So now's the time. Nigeria is like the major force in contemporary music on the continent, which is crazy. Wherever I go to, I see people replicating Nigerian rhythms, you know, and localizing them. It's like Nigeria has the formula and all you have to do is just use local vernacular and add some local elements and then you have a hit. That's Ade Bantu, leader of the band Bantu and creator of Afropolitan Vibes, a live concert series in Lagos we'll be hearing later in the program. Banning Sean and Morgan spent more than two months in Nigeria, traveling to four regions to talk with artists, activists, scholars, and just regular folks. And we could never have done it without the amazing help we had from our Nigerian friends, people who opened doors for us that we just could never have penetrated without them. In Lagos, um, we were working with some really, really great guys. In New York, we work with a, a Nigerian DJ named Nenim, and he connected us with two of his close friends in Lagos. Well, let's meet them. My name is Kazim Adekule Akinpelu, popularly known as Kashogi. I'm a makeup artist, a photographer, and what I'm doing for Afropop, taking them around, content provider and logistics is part of my business. And I reside in Lagos, Nigeria. Yeah, my name is Amodipe Matthew Olani, popularly known as Joe. Everybody calls me Joe. I'm a photographer, I'm a data manager, and also a businessman. 
You might notice some background sound with Kazim and Joe there. That's because I interviewed them at a restaurant in Lagos. You know, it's very, very hard to find a quiet place to do an interview anywhere we went in Nigeria. Didn't you find that, Morgan? For sure. I mean, even just the ubiquitous sounds of generators. Every business, every home is run on a generator. So even at night, you'll hear three or four generators going wherever you're sleeping. And that's because the country's power grid, the National Electric Power Authority, NEPA, also known as Never Expect Power Always. Wasn't that that really popular Tony Allen song? Yeah, 1984. So clearly this has been a problem for a while. And it's not getting fixed anytime soon. As I heard, that's because the people who make the generators and sell the diesel that they run on are such a powerful lobby that they actually put pressure on the government not to fix the power grid. All the same. I mean, it's actually amazing how much people get done despite all these challenges. Like Lagos is such a bustling city, such a hub of activity, especially in the entertainment industry, film, radio, music, fashion. You couldn't believe that the whole city is run on generators and diesel. I saw a statistic of the most populated part of Nigeria the day before yesterday on the internet. Lagos was number one with the highest population, followed by Kanu. Everybody, if you want to do music, you have to come to Lagos. You want to do business, you come to Lagos. You want to work and earn a better salary, you come to Lagos. So Lagos is Nigeria, and Lagos is Nigeria, New York. In terms of social, now you can go out. Way back, you don't go out. There was no club like we have now. Now you can go out all night. You drive in the night, you see people going to clubs, having fun everywhere. You are free to go out anytime, unlike before. Yeah, you're free to go out anytime. There's no curfew, but the traffic, man, it's intense. One thing about the Lagos traffic, you can do all your shopping while you're stuck in traffic. You know, <laughs> soap, peanuts, mangoes, CDs, DVDs. <laughs> you can be bargaining with a small one uh, for anything you need. It might even contribute to the popularity of radio because you know people spend so much time in their cars that there's like over a hundred radio stations. Definitely, definitely. But there's also a lot going on between the drivers, a lot of back and forth, some of it pretty aggressive. Yeah. And our guys, Kazim and Joe, they're really friendly folks, but boy, get them in a traffic jam and, well, just listen. You are in that lane, you can't talk for you. You have mouth to talk. Wait till this one won't talk. Madam, look at this routine. You are very rude. You don't get respect. Very rude, man. And I love the way that one minute they seem like the angriest people in the world, and the next minute they're just laughing and having fun. You know, it's it's like arguing is sport. <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's just a part of daily life in Lagos. It's been cool since we've been back too, just to stay in touch. Earlier today, Joe just like sent me on WhatsApp three of the top songs in Lagos. Well, let's hear one of them. Let's hear the song "If" by Nigerian superstar Davido. If I tell you, say I love you, oh, my money, my body, now your own, oh baby. Party billion for the account, yo. Versace and Gucci for your body, oh baby. No do, no do, no do, gotta, gotta for me. No do, no do, no do, say that, oh. No do, no do, no do, shaka da, oh. No do, no do, no do, gotta, gotta for me, oh. Yeah, yeah, beauty, beauty. 
my number one in tutu Sipping broku tutu For your love it tutu I go chuki chuku chuku Biko obya nuju Say you do me juju Cause I'm feeling the juju Shake it to you I wanna dash it to you You can have it to you You know I got this in you I love you, I love you I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you There's nothing above you There's nothing above you, above you, above you Bridget, yeah I like your minis get you Okay, you carry face you If I tell you, hey, I love you, oh My money, my body, now your own, oh baby Thirty billion for the account, yo Versace and Gucci for your body, oh baby No do, no do, no do, girl I got a for me No do, no do, no do, say that, oh No do, no do, no do, shakara, oh Alright, if by Davido or Davido if you prefer. Man, I tell you, you guys had it sweet because in the 1990s when I was in Lagos, Nigeria, I was going to shoot a series of documentaries on health and population. They picked me up at the airport with an armored car because they were afraid that uh, I would get, I don't know, hijacked or something during the go slow because go slow is, of course, this long traffic jams you have in Lagos. Oh, man. Later on, a few years later, everything was smooth. Actually, I love Lagos. I mean, the place is alive. Yeah, they still have the go slows, but but it didn't feel particularly dangerous to me. And, and people were great, man. The people really were, were what made it special every day. We were also there doing serious research for Hip Deep. And remember, the whole idea of Hip Deep is to use music and experiences and encounters with people to tell a bigger story about the country. And so let's just hear two of the voices that we're going to be hearing a lot from in the actual Hip Deep programs. First, University of California Irvine historian and Nigeria veteran Mark Levine, and then an activist who lives in Port Harcourt, a Nigerian named Michael Wemedimo. Nigeria, unfortunately, is a creation of colonial border making that we all know had nothing, less than nothing, to do with the natural geography or interests of the peoples who live there. And so many of the problems are the result of the creation of nation states which have their own institutional will to survival and will to power, so to speak, which make it almost impossible to change the borders. Nigeria as a post-colonial artifact was always designed to be a hollow client state administered by rent-seeking gatekeepers. Port Harcourt was a staging post for resource extraction. Dark cargo, bodies, palm oil, coal, and then crude oil. Crude oil, blessing and a curse. Wow, a lot to dig into there, but I must say, What impresses me so much is the people that uh, Nigerians have given to the world. You think of doctors and lawyers and accountants and nurses and teachers and, of course, the artists, uh, writers, actors. And let's not forget the musicians. Yeah, let's hear one of them. Some classic Afro-Juju music from Sir Sheena Peters, who we were lucky to interview on one of our last days in Lagos. 
That's awesome. When I was there, I interviewed Clarence Peters, his son, who's a prominent uh, music video director. It was an excellent interview. We'll hear from him in a future Hip Deep program. But first, music Afro Juju Center from Sir Sheena Peters. Juju from Sir Sheena Peters. Our friends Joe and Kazim have witnessed firsthand the transformation of Nigerian media. When we were growing up, we didn't have too many artists like we have now. The TV station, like we only have the government TV station, it will start from like 6 o'clock. There's a news by 9 o'clock. By 10 o'clock, TV station is locked. Nothing to listen to. Music. It was difficult listening to Nigerian music then. Nobody would listen to you. We listen to Sashino Peter, Adewale Ayuba. It's Bobu, Ejeko, Mabobu, Shuku, Shuku, Bamba, Enituba, Ukube, Enitijile, Pam, Pam. It's Bobu, Ejeko, Mabobu. That was Bubble, a huge Fuji music hit by Adewale Ayuba, who was our guest at the public radio conference. Sean, remember that? Oh, yes. I was at Hilton Hotel, about 96. Ooh. And I didn't know whether public radio people would dance to Fuji music, but they did. They loved it. But you know, that was the past. Morgan, what about today? Well, we're going to do a whole hip deep program, George, on the birth of this new Nigerian pop music industry. We talked to people like Kenny Ogungbe, who was an influential radio presenter on Ray Power FM. That was the first private radio in Nigeria. Well, I trained a few people there. <laughs> no wonder they're so good. <laughs> Kenny, he also founded Kenneth Music, which was really the first label to promote this new Nigerian pop music, hip-hop and R&B. Kenny revolutionized the old thing. Ever since then, the industry has grown to what it is now, where there's hundreds of radio shows, TV stations, and really, really excellent musicians. And while all of this is happening, this kid's at the forefront of contemporary Nigerian popular music. So with the change in social media and all of that, they now come in. So, so it was an absolute game changer on all fronts, you know. They had the wider reach, 
They were asking for more money. The endorsement deals, the figures were crazy. There was a complete shift, whereas there was 60% Nigerian music, 40% foreign music in the clubs. It had now moved completely to Nigerian music. That was Ade Bantu. Let's hear some more music. Let's hear Mad Over You. This is a track by Runtown that I heard everywhere when I was there in December and January. But according to Kasim and Joe, it's still one of the top tunes. Baby girl, I say, I say, your body na killer, oh Yeah, I'll be the diet of your body, oh Only on your body That girl for the corner, there's somebody made a call, I'm up Where see the wine, I'm a sea fire for her body, oh And if she follow me, go now, enjoyment go kill, I'm up Baby girl, you bad, oh Mad Over You by Runtown, a big hit in Nigeria. When we were talking to Ade Bantu, he was making a really interesting point about how DJs have played such a big role in kind of educating the Nigerian public and that they've been listening to all kinds of music for a long time. Everyone grew up, all the DJs, everyone in Lagos, you grew up with an arsenal of diversity when it came to music. Your dad will be listening to Dolly Patton for whatever reasons, be it the t- or the music, and Don Williams, you guys will be listening to ABBA, then you have some weird uncle that brings in Bob Dylan, then somebody else brings Shaka Khan. And these bands used to come and perform in Nigeria. We had the money, you know, from the oil, the people were sophisticated, Nigerians traveled, there were Nigerian students in America, in the UK, they brought the music, the fashion, everything. People were hip to it. Even hip hop, rap has a major following. If you play DMX in a club now, you'd be amazed how many people will just rap along. Right, yeah, that really hasn't changed. I mean, I was hearing so many top 40 songs from the US and the UK on the streets of Lagos. Like, you know, people are very, very connected to everything that's going on elsewhere as well. Let's talk about live music because Lagos has a really interesting live music scene. Some of it's hard to find, but there are some very prominent public venues like Freedom Park that long back was actually a place where slaves were sold and then it was a colonial prison. And now it's one of the great performance venues in the country. Speaking of live music, when we interviewed Sheon Kuti, Sheon is the son of Fela Kuti, of course, 
We asked him to give us his take on live music in Lagos. The Lagos live music scene is very underground, but it's powerful. There are so many great bands doing so many great things. And in so many great spots, the Shrine, Freedom Park, lots of talent. The Lagos live scene is one of the most energetic underground music scenes in the world. You just have to come discover it yourself. Different, different in Bantu and his band Bantu from their upcoming CD, Agberos International. Ade and his band host a regular event at Freedom Park, which Shayun Kuti just mentioned. It's called Afropolitan Vibes, and here's a bit of a live recording Afropop made of the band Bantu. Okay, we, we have decided that we want to shake. Freedom Park in Lagos, Nigeria. One thing that I really, really love about Afropolitan Vibes, and I was there for the festival in December, is how they have younger artists, usually on the alternative side, but also really legacy artists. Like, we saw Collington Ayinla live. What? Collington Ayinla? Exactly, a legend of Fuji music. Oh my goodness. Are you ready? Hola, hola, There were 20 people on stage, plus the audience just kind of poured onto the stage dancing. Oh. The music was so powerful. 
Legend Collington Ayinla recorded live at Freedom Park on our Heap Deep Nigeria preview. Okay, now you guys went south, I'm sure, to Port Harcourt. You sure did. Port Harcourt to me is oil. I was there and on my way to Akwaibom State, and we had to stop outside of uh, Port Harcourt. And I tell you, when I got out of the car into a field, I almost sank into oil mm. it was oozing from the field you know it was amazing yeah port harcourt is the capital of river state it was the center of the brutal biafra war in the late 60s and for many decades it's been an area devastated by oil exploration sabotage lingering anger and unrest from all this troubled history it was also the center of the great music of the 1940s 50s and 60s all through West Africa, high life music. And one of the great figures of Nigerian high life was Cardinal Rex Jim Lawson. Cardinal Rex mm-hmm. used to cry a lot during his songs. He had a lot to cry about, and of course he died tragically in a car accident in 1971. But he was amazingly prolific, and we're going to use his story and his songs as a way of telling the story of this very complex region. And to help us do that, we spent some three hours interviewing Professor Onye Nwankpa, the Rex Lawson Chair at the University of Port Harcourt. At the time that uh, Rex Lawson became famous, High Life Music was the major musical entertainment in this part of the world. High Life Music was an elitist thing. But the thing about the high-life music was that it was not exclusively for the elite. The commoners, you know, also had the opportunity to dance to the high-life. So every event that you conduct at the time, if you have not brought in a high-life musician to play, you have not started. Thank you. 
Nigerian high life pioneer, Cardinal Rex Jim Lawson. I love these titles. <laughs> Chief commander and yeah. chairman and cardinal, Dr. King, you know, a drawing from professions, drawing from military, drawing from religious pantheons. We could do a whole show on that. But while we're on Port Harcourt, we also spent some time at a really inspiring organization called Chicoco Radio, where they're training young kids from the slums of Port Harcourt how to be engineers, radio hosts, documentary filmmakers, writers, musicians, producers. It's fantastic, wonderful organization that we'll get into in more detail in the Port Harcourt show. But I want to highlight one young woman we met there, a rapper and singer named Saint Mercy. My name is Saint Mercy. I'm a Harcourt girl, born and raised here. Out here, most musicians, even though we don't have money, the music gives us comfort. You understand? It's where we just relax and feel like it go better. I've been in the music for a while, you know, but still underground because nobody knows my name. We just do what we love for the sake of love. St. Mercy has a song called Boy on Fire, which is a reversioning of Alicia Keys' Girl on Fire. St. Mercy has taken this song about women's empowerment and turned it into a song about a young man she saw burned to death at a demonstration. A powerful performance. Let's listen. You better believe. He's just a boy and he's on fire. Just had to end this way. Yes, it wasn't worth it Has a bright future, but he's on fire So many untapped potentials But it's no more Hello everybody, this is Shewan Klabukuti, back on Afropop Worldwide. Hey guys, my name is Adekunle Gold. You like me and your girlfriend likes me. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm Kabam Zasukwa. Hello people, my name is Yemi Aladin. Yeah, what's up, what's happening? My name is Faz, aka Faz, the bad guy. Bad, bad, oh, baddest. And right now you are listening to Afropop Worldwide. Thank you so much, do not change it. Oh, yeah, I'm Sarago. Sarago, you don't go. Yeah, this is me, King Doctor Saido Chuba. Saido P, you live in my coco. I'm talking to you right from Lagos. Listen to Afro Pop worldwide. Yes, so, yes, so. A two faced DBA there, so. One love, my people. You're listening to Afro Pop Radio. Up to something, no be smart in the bank is calling, the money piling. Yo, yo, what up? It's Yanya, and you're listening to Afro Pop. Get it? Yo, Mohammed Ali found his truth in Africa. Rumble in the jungle, I swear the king is humble. Jesse Jackson, OJ Simpson, this is black history. Andrew Young, visit Africa in the world history. Hey, what up, bro? My name is Idris Abdukarim, the legendary. And send me to 50 Cent when you get in America. <laughs> Tell him I appreciate him. Tell him to come back to Africa, we got a beautiful place for him. 
Well, these are a few of our Nigerian friends and fans greeting you, dear listener. Visit afropop.org for much more on Nigerian music. We're just getting started. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Now, let's go to Edo State, the heart of the Benin Kingdom, with Morgan. My co-producer was the scholar Austin Emielu, a really, really, really excellent musician, really knowledgeable, and it was great working with him. We just traveled around for two weeks, met a lot of musicians. On the very first day that we were there, we met Sir Victor Owaifo. No. Yeah. Sir Victor Owaifo? Absolutely. Victor Waifo is really the pioneer musician of Edo High Life. I am uh, Professor Sir Victor Waifo. I am a maestro, a sculptor, an architect, I'm an engineer, I'm an inventor, I'm a philosopher, and I'm a humanist. We went to his house, big, beautiful palace, really. And he has this, this section of his house that's a sculpture, an art museum, that he calls the Revelation Tourist Palazzo. He gave us a lengthy interview, and during this whole interview, he had his guitar on his lap, and he was just playing different things for us. Like, this one was a Jesu Joy of Man's Desiring. Victor Owaifo, a rendition of Bach. Yep, that's right. Here is hip deep scholar Austin Emielu. When we talk about Edo popular music, he's the one that actually brought Edo popular music to limelight. You know, he became very international with his song uh, Guitar Boy. Victor Waifo told us the story of this classic song. It was 1966. He was relaxing on the bar beach in Lagos. He was playing his guitar. Having a beer. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably. <laughs> When he saw something kind of unusual. We'll leave the rest to him. But suddenly, I saw from, from a distance a figure coming towards me, floating. Suddenly, it was getting clearer and clearer. And before I knew it, it was right in front of me. My heart jumped into my stomach. I almost took off. Guitar boy. It was my scream that said, that I transpose into the guitar that you hear. If you see Mammy Water, never you run away. And then she glided away, floated away. Thank you. 
Wow, Guitar Boy, man, I tell you, what a classic. Ooh, Mami Wata, she's roaming the world. Anyway, that was by Sir Victor Uwaifo, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from the Edo State on Morgan's upcoming program, Edo High Life, Culture, Politics, and Progressive Traditionalism. So from south to north, we went from Port Harcourt up to the city of Kano. This is far, far north in Nigeria, and in the most heavily Muslim part of the country. You've been there too, haven't you, Georges? Absolutely. What amazed me, actually, was the fact that a lot of the houses had their own mosques, you know, in their courtyard. And that was quite impressive. Kano. Oh. It's a beautiful town. We had a lovely time there. It was yeah. peaceful. It was calm. But no drink. You can't get a drink. No, that's true. No. Very difficult. Ah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> to give you a little clue about the North, we met this young man named Yusuf Haruna, who's a musician-comedian, who discovered his gift for comedy in school in Okano, we mentioned it's the Muslim northern area, the center of the Hausa people, but it's actually a very multi-ethnic city. There are Hausa, Yoruba, and Igbo people all present. And that actually became the inspiration for Yusuf Haruna's classroom comedy. In this class, the Igbo people will come out and speak Hausa's English, the way we pronounce, how some people pronounce English. Ah, my fee, my fearful, I'm very, very happy. So everybody will laugh that this is how Hausa people speak. Then another person will come out and speak how Yorubas pronounce their own English. Hello, my people. You know, sir, this uh, man, welcome. You understand? Something like that. So one day I just say, ah, so can't I imitate? These Igbo people that do used to come, but we took it as a jokes, not fight. We don't fight. So this class had an Igbo teacher named Uche, and Yusuf, who's Hausa, took to imitating him whenever the teacher left the classroom. When he goes out, I now come out. I say, hey, my class people, if you know you did not do my assignment before I country, I want all of, if you know you didn't do the assignment, you better come out and kneel down here. So everybody begin laughing. Hey, he's imitating Uche, he's imitating teacher Uche. Of course, inevitably Yusuf gets caught, but the amazing part is that the teacher Uche is actually quite amused by this imitation and ends up coaching him on how to make it better. And Yusuf credits that moment as launching his career as a comedian. So it's interesting, he's having fun with ethnic diversity, and it's kind of a paradox of, of Kano because it's lighthearted, it's friendly, calm. You sense this in so many interactions you have with people. But on the other hand, this state, Kano State, has been under Sharia law since the 90s, 25 years. And there are a lot of tensions, both within the Muslim community, between extremists and more moderate Muslims, and between Muslims and Christians. So you can get the impression that all is very nice and easy, but beneath the surface, there are these lingering tensions. But uh, when I was there, I didn't hear any music. How is it today? Well, there's not much live music, but there's a lot of music production. Right, Sean? That's right, especially connected to the film industry. It was called Connywood, after Nollywood, the Nigerian film industry. Although we actually hear that Connywood was coined before Nollywood. That's a point of pride <laughs> for them. Right. Um, <laughs> we take no sides. So now we're told that there's some 50,000 people working in the film industry, and a lot of that is um, composers, singers, engineers, producers who are making original music to go with the films. 
And in fact, the music has spun out of that to be a thing on its own. And the music is called Nanai. Here's a mashup of three different Nanai artists. And you'll notice there's a lot of auto-tune in the vocals. You really just have to get over that. It's part of the style. Nigeria. That's right, George. And the other big kind of music that happens in Kano is more underground, and that is Hausa hip-hop. We hosted a gathering of Hausa rappers when we were in Kano. Really fascinating. They all told their stories, about 20 of them or so, and they did some freestyling. And then also they talked about some of the challenges of being a Hausa rapper in a uh, culture of Sharia law. Yeah, one of the big problems that they face is live shows. You say you didn't see much live music. Well, the hip-hop people really have it hard because their shows often get refused or closed down by the Islamic morality police, the Hizbah. Yeah, I can't imagine the challenge. Boy. But it's interesting, when we spoke with our hip-deep scholar up there, Professor Abdallah Uba Adamu, an amazing man and a kind of mentor to the rappers, he said that Though they don't like having their shows closed down, they really don't object to being monitored by religious authorities. There is a self-moral censorship that as an artist, I shouldn't do anything that will destroy my society. All Muslims have that instinctive self-regulatory thing that I have to do something within Islam. I have to do something that Islam approves of. I wouldn't do anything that will distort my image or distort my religion and things like that. So it's an inbuilt self-censorship and that is why they don't want to rebel nobody is going to come out and say we don't like the hizba let's hear some house sahiba nothing in this world ever comes for free so i suggest kuyitanani 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 adena chidazuchi open your eyes and see so nakiyitanani kayitanani kuyitanani ayitanani adena 
Meanwhile, back in Lagos, I asked Kasim and Joe what it was like working with you, Morgan, as opposed to working with us, because you guys are all about the same age, around 30. And the thing that they said was they loved to hang out with you because they could argue with you. <laughs> Whereas us being older, you know, they, that yes, was a little harder. Yes. George, they wouldn't have said a word to you. They would have been quiet. <laughs> I also enjoy arguing, so. But anyway, here's what they said. We argue about music. We can't do certain things with you because in Africa we respect our elders. So there are things we don't do, yeah. yeah. But with Morgan, we could. A lot. We we'll argue for hours. Three, four hours. We we'll argue about, music. About music, yeah. <laughs> music. Yeah. We'll argue Donald Trump. Argue the Nigerian music scene. There are songs you would like. There are songs you Apparently, one of the things you guys argued about was Fela Kuti's musical sons, Femi and Sheun Kuti. Right, for sure. But there's one thing that you got to know about Kasim and Joe. They grew up going to Fela's shrine. They grew up in uh, Ikeja, and so they would go to Fela's shrine all the time as kids, like when they were in school. We'll go to watch Fela Riaza in the shrine, Fela shrine. No Nigerian artists can tell me he saw Fela. We saw Fela perform. Fela chased us out of his shrine that we should be in school, not here. He would beg us that we should go back to school. Yeah, he would beg them to go back to school. That's interesting, isn't it? But of course, they kept going to hear mm -hmm. the shrine. And they used to go to Fela's house as well, the place that's now the Kalakuta Museum. Right. And since Fela died, obviously, it's a different story. Uh, Femi and Yeni, Fela's oldest kids, opened the new Africa shrine. It's also in Ikeja, but it's in a different location than the former shrine. And both Femi and Sheun perform there regularly with their bands. I used to be a Femi fan until like four, five years ago. I didn't like the sound of shine. It's always noisy. Yeah. 
Yeah, the new Africa Shrine is an amazing space. It's got fantastic atmosphere. I really enjoyed being there a number of times, but the size does make for really difficult sound reproduction, sound amplification. Here's a little bit of a recording we made of Sheun performing live there, and you can kind of hear the problem. You'll not be able to listen. It will just be noisy. So we just go to shrine. Rather than go to watch family, we'll just stay outside and drink, smoke, and go home. I never liked Shim because I felt he was singing his father's song, which I could also sing, Be Yourself Like Your Brother, Femi. To date, I struggle to see Shim as an artist. I had an argument with Morgan. Morgan said Shim has songs. I said, I don't know the songs. Not only us, we told Morgan, majority don't believe Shim is an artist. Go out there and ask, <laughs> ask people. people. There, nobody knows Shim's song. But if you mention Femi, they will tell you, bang, 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 scatter your head. Femi has songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that Shayun has focused more on an international market. Femi is very established. He's also the older brother. And Shayun kind of hasn't done what it takes to get your name made in Nigeria. But he does have powerful music and his band is really tight. You know, when we interviewed Shayun, Kazim and Joe were there. And they actually confronted him with this idea that the reason that his songs are not known in Nigeria is because he refuses to pay radio stations to play them. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what you got to do. Yeah, and they, they accept that as perfectly normal. And they were sort of castigating him. Look, if you want to be known in Nigeria, you got to play the game. Mm -hmm. But Sheun does have songs and some very good ones. Just listen to the songs on his recent EP, Struggle Sound, like this one, African Dream. Too many yummy youths lost to television, chasing the American dream. Tell me who they dream Africa. Too many yummy youths believing a hype, living in a stereotype. Anana. Leave Africa. So many wonder good life. There's a lot of talk, it came up in so many interviews about the sort of decadence of the current music, Niger pop, as opposed with the songs in traditional music or in the past that had messages, so-called conscious music. And among a lot of artists, connoisseurs, including Kazim and Joe, who were big on this point, they point to musicians who don't get celebrated a lot, who aren't Afrobeat provocateurs, and they're not Niger pop stars but they're singing really conscious music like Asha, who we heard at the beginning of the show. And another one they always mention is Beautiful Nubia. I can't remember the last time they wrote about Beautiful Nubia. The irony and the contradiction is, before these um, musical channels came on board, too many of them, before they came on board, 
they were playing beautiful Nubia when it was limited. That was what I was telling Kasho. Now that we have several of them, they don't play beautiful Nubia anymore because of these noisy, useless songs. They said there's one song that they like to play in the morning. Yes. Uro, no joy. Uro means morning. Me and Kasho sang it in the car. That you must, you must give kudos. Kudos to morning. You have to be up and doing in the morning. Morning is the best time to do anything you want. Best Beautiful Nubia, we interviewed him and we recorded him performing basically in an abandoned house that belonged to one of his fans. He has to find little venues, but he had a good crowd. People really enjoyed it and sang along. It was beautiful. Sometimes I wish I could fly like a bird in the sky. Sometimes I wish I could fly like a bird in the sky. When I was a kid growing up in Ibadan, there was balance on radio, you know, local and foreign. My father loved his Jim Reeves, so we listened to Jim Reeves on radio. It was always on radio. We listened to, I remember when there was a flood, it was Bob Dylan forever. How many times must a man, blah, blah, blah. They played it over and over and over and over and over. I can't forget, you know. Then there was, on the other side, traditional culture. They would go to shrines and broadcast real happenings at shrines. So it was good. That balance was always there. And then fast forward to now, and you can't even find on radio station 24-hour broadcast where they've got next hour is reggae hour, next hour is soul hour, next hour is traditional music. No. They just start and start blasting this Afrobeat all day. The guy says, I don't care if anybody's got anything. As long as I have food in my tummy, I am fine. This is the message you're sending out at 6 a.m. on a Monday morning in a country that is in crisis. I understand if a country is doing very well and you just want to have fun. Media is so powerful, but the media in this country has not helped this country. They don't like to hear it, but I tell them, every time I go on their radio stations and TVs, I always say it. You know, they tell me, boy, survivor, we need the money. Yeah, well, then, so we can all just enjoy it. The bad roads and the lack of power and the lack of good leadership, we can all just sit there and enjoy it. But if we want to see the change, then we have to start because it's the people who are going to change the system, not the American government or the British or, you know, because you're always relying on those people. They're not going to come here and change it. It's the people here who have to change it. But those people cannot change it if they haven't got the right resources inside them. And music is such a powerful, you know, and people in this country love music. Ashe 
Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from World Music Institute, presenting Mali's Salif Keita, the revered golden voice of Africa, on Saturday, April 1st, at Town Hall in New York City. More information at worldmusicinstitute.org. Afropop, keep it up. Keep it up. You guys should not relent. Keep doing your good work. God bless Afropop. <laughs> Kashogi. Thanks, Kazim. Well, we just got a taste of all the great Nigerian music in this hour, but don't worry, much more to come. Special thanks to Kasim and Joe in Lagos and to DJ Nenim Iwebuke in New York for their help with this program. And thanks to all the artists and hip-deep scholars you'll be meeting in our upcoming Nigeria series. Visit afropop.org for posts, interviews, playlists, and artist profiles from our ongoing work with Nigeria. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by myself, Banning Air, Morgan Greenstreet, and Sean Barlow. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide, our visit to Addis Ababa. Our chief photo engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Greg Allman and Stephanie Lebeau, Banning Air, and C.C. Smith Edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Akornifa Achia. And I'm Georges Collinet. PRI Public Radio International